This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Easy. Let's get it. Man, how about them playoff games? I mean, play-in games. Oh, man. Basically, it went like this. Eastern Conference playing games, track and chalk. Western Conference playing games, amazing. A movie. A masterpiece. A virtuoso. Oh, my God. I didn't even get to see the Grizzlies and the Spurs because I was out and about doing lift, making money. I got to see the Lakers and the Warriors. That was an amazing game. I inexplicably fell asleep after LeBron got fouled, but happened to wake up long enough for me to see that the Lakers won 103 to 100. But, you know, I saw the highlights, and LeBron's three to put them on top was just greatness. It's just incredible. It's just, you know, that's what legends are made of. And I was watching this game in the first half. It was like the Lakers, it seemed like they underestimated the Warriors. And it just seemed like also that LeBron wasn't himself. He definitely wasn't himself. He wasn't blown by people. He was doing some post moves that weren't working. Anthony Davis wasn't doing nothing. Schroeder was Brick City. And it's just that, you know, they did just enough to stay in that game. Andre Drummond was out of place. They did just enough to stay in that game. And just Steph was being Steph on the other side. And it's just, man, the Lakers in the second half, they start getting a pick and roll going. They start going to basket. You know what I'm saying? LeBron with these amazing passes. I was like, okay, this is the team everyone's afraid of. This is the team that won the championship. And I just love it. That's the game I paid the most attention to. The Eastern Conference game, I mean, Pacers and Hornets, I turned it off about the third quarter. It was a joke. The Pacers did whatever they wanted. They came out of the break scoring like 10 straight points. It was a wrap. I I just I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna play 2K. I'm gonna play Madden. I'm done. That was easy. Then you know the main event was the Wizards and the Celtics, the one where I made sure I stayed in the house. And at first, the Wizards were fighting. They were fighting. They were in it. I was like, okay, we got this. We got this. And then Jason Tatum seemed like he just couldn't miss. Every time he got in the post, money. He'd get on a smaller guard, give him a little shoulder, fade away. He'd get on a bigger person, he'd drive right bottom and, and lay it up. And then he wouldn't seem like he wouldn't miss from three. And and also, and, and when Kimber Walker and Tatum weren't making shots, their role players were getting rebounds like Tristan Thompson. Like, that game was annoying, made me mad. About five minutes in the fourth quarter when it looked like we had no hope and Westbrook was bricking everything. I was like, and Daniel Gafford wasn't playing. It just looked like classic Wizards before they went on their April rampage. It looked like classic Wizards before they got Gafford. But I'm here to tell you that joy came in the morning. Because the Wizards got to play the Pacers. Now, I said before that I wasn't worried about the Pacers because the Wizards swept them and they had no idea how to stop Bill and Westbrook. 
Oh, they kept Westbrook and Bill to respectable numbers. But I found out they couldn't stop Rui either, and Rui put up another 18 points against them two days ago on Thursday. He annihilated them. Listen, the Wizards won 142 to 118. I was mostly listening to this on the radio. I was a little defeated because of the Celtics game. I was like, I'm not sure they can beat the Pacers, even though they beat them three times. And two of them games weren't even close. I was like, it's a bad matchup for the Pacers because how fast-paced we are, and they have no rim protector. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. And then Daniel Gafford got the play. He got he played 22 minutes. He had 15 and 13. See, see what happens when Daniel Gafford plays. Everyone wants him to play. And he played amazing against he played amazing against the Pacers. See, I'm looking at it now. Okay, he played 21 minutes against Celtics. Still, I mean, he had 12 points, but I promise you it was towards the end. He didn't really play in the first half. Westbrook was 6 for 18. Bradley Bill was 10 for 25 against. I mean, Lord Jesus. Jeez. It's all good, though. And Tatum had 50. 17 for 17 from the free throw line. Tatum had one hell of a performance. I'll give him that. He showed that he's a star in this league and why some girls on Twitter are on his nuts. <laughs> I see why. Because he's so good, bro. Oh, man. I, I got a game on right now. Milwaukee and Miami. And it's uh, 95-93 Milwaukee. I picked Milwaukee to win the series. I'll get to the playoff predictions later. But I got them winning. Let me address this Clippers ducking the Lakers thing. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. If anything, I'm I would attest. Cause, Cause, everyone's saying it. The the whole everyone in the national media is saying it. People on Twitter are saying it. Shit is dumb. Okay, I mean those guys. You want to keep those guys healthy. It's about the postseason. You know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard has injury history. I mean, why not? And and other guys, you know, could use some rest. Nobody t- duck the Lakers to play Luka Doncic. And the younger Mavs, what is life right now? That's going to be a tough series. That doesn't make sense. I would say that the Clippers wanted the Lakers. I mean, come on. Who was all in their face after they lost to the Nuggets last year? Lakers fans. Los Angeles media who liked the Lakers. Lakers fans and, and Lakers Media giving them all this stuff all year long about choking. I'm sure they wanted to play the Lakers and shut them up. And also, LeBron's not healthy. AD's not healthy. Like, I'm pretty sure the Clippers were licking their chops. I'm pretty sure they were dancing. I'm pretty sure they was hoping that they played the Lakers. I'm sure they wanted to. I'm sure they wanted the Lakers. Them ducking the Lakers doesn't make sense. Especially for an opponent like the Mavs. Now you got to chase around Luka Doncic. Like, that. no. I mean, we'll see if they can get out of that. If they do and they play the Suns, I assume. No, no, it's the Jazz. I assume 
That would be a good series. That would be a good defensive series. But I'm just saying, man, that, that's ridiculous. And the national media just eating it up. It was legit a topic on Undisputed and First Take. What is life right now? They're NBA players. They're competitors. And the Lakers are their crosstown rivals. I'm sure they wanted to bust them, bro. Come on, man. We out here front. Oh, and the last game of the play-in tournament, you had the uh, Warriors and the Grizzlies. I watched the second half of that. Well, the fourth quarter. And that was some of the best basketball I've seen in a while. Just back and forth. People hitting clutch threes. The role players from the Grizzlies were incredible. Bain, Tillman, Grayson Allen hitting threes. He hit two threes. I was out here going crazy. I, I Just every shot, I was just going crazy. Steph hitting a shot. Um, Jordan Poole with his ridiculous threes. Draymond Green hit a classic three in overtime. I mean, it was a really good game. And honestly, man, when Memphis, they had a nine-point lead with, like, two minutes to go. And somehow it ended up tied with five seconds to go, and Warriors got the ball. Shout-out to the Warriors for fighting. And if Draymond either lays it up or his runner goes in, we're having a completely different conversation right now. That was one hell of a game, and then... Uh, John Morant with his floaters, uh, and it's just with his floater at the end, it was very clutch. And when they was looking to get fouled, Bain dunks it instead. I was like, that is a hell of a way to end the game. I was, I'm happy for Memphis. You know, I know everyone wanted to see Steph in the playoffs and see what he could do against the Jazz, but nah, man. This is redemption for Memphis because, remember, they were in the same position last year and they came up just short against the Blazers. They had the eighth seed for pretty much the entire bubble. And then they just, the Blazers caught them because it was Dane time. I mean, because you know when it's Dane time, it's game time. Oh, come on, man. You already know when it's Dane time, it's game time. And it was game time for the Grizzlies last year. But this time, you know, they got redemption. They hung in there through all that adversity. Through all the Steph Curry getting 39. They came through and they won the game. Props to them. And that was one of the best finishes to a ball game I've seen in a while. I loved it. And this Miami-Milwaukee game, game one already, looked like it's going to be a similar type of finish. Giannis out here missing layups and free throws. Oh, God. I mean, come on, dog. I might as well I might as well go into the next segment with this. I got the Bucks winning in six. But the way they're playing today, I don't know. I see why a bunch of people got Miami winning. I see why. They, they're game. They're really game. They're ta- oh, my God. They just let Jimmy Butler go to the rim. Oh, good defense by Giannis. Oh, my God. All right, man. Basically, bro, I got the Bucks in six. Got one of the best players in the country. I mean, you got one of the best players in the league. Got Drew Holiday. 
You got shooters on the outside. You got Middleton. You got a nice supporting cast. Yeah, sure. I mean, Miami matches up well with them, even without Oladipo. But, nah. I got Milwaukee getting over the hump and beating them this time. But it looks like they're going to have to fight for it. Other series. Listen, I got the Suns winning in seven over the Lakers. From what I've seen from the Lakers lately, I just don't. I know they got LeBron, and LeBron in the playoffs is GOAT-level mindset, is GOAT-level brand. But I'm telling you, man, they don't look the same. And the Suns, this is their year. This is their year. They went from 8-0 in the bubble to number two in the NBA, number two in the West. I mean, I, I just think they're the better team. They've been playing better all year. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, their role players will step up. I got Suns in seven. A lot of people got Lakers in six, but I, I got Suns in seven. We'll see what LeBron is made of. But I think them guys are going to fall apart. I, I don't think they're, they're game this time. Uh, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Um, I got the Jazz beating the Grizzlies in six. I got I got Clippers over the Mavericks in seven. They're going to do it to them again. It's going to come down to the wire. It's gonna, That's going to be a fun series once again. Uh, let's see. I got... Who am I missing here? I got the Blazers over the Nuggets in six. Hey, I don't got to say it again. You already know. It's Dame time. It's Dame time. So, Dame... Dame and the Blazers in, in six. In the East, I love my Wizards. I love them. Well, they get on my nerves. But I love them. But, you know, I got the Sixers in six. Like, Bill and Westbrook is going to will our team to two victories, probably at home. But at the end of the day, the Sixers are too talented, too long defensively. But... You know, my mind says Sixers and Six, but remember, with Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, anything's possible. You already know. And the way Daniel Gaffer's playing and Bertans can heat up at any time, Howell Neto, I finally learned how to say his name. You know, he pops up sometimes. Listen. They can do it, but it's going to be very hard. It's been the best team in the East all year, and it's a matchup problem. Um, Oh, Lord. Jimmy Butler is clutch. He just he just sent the game to overtime against the Bucks. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Jimmy Butler is a real one. He is the realest. So, it's all good, bro. Um, Yeah, so I said... Eating Bucks. I already talked about that. I got the Bucks in six. I got the Sixers in six. I got the um got the Nets in five. Jason Tatum will go off one game. You know how he does. He ain't gonna be rocking. It's probably gonna be game three. But I, I got the Nets in five. Too much talent. Too much talent. It too much offensive explosion. They don't have to defend those guys. They're just gonna run them out of the gym. 
So now we're left with the Hawks and Knicks. Ice Trader Gang. And for that reason, I got the Hawks in six. Trey Young is going to go off. He is going to show you why he's a Hall of Famer. Now, I know this is a contrast in styles. Uh, the Knicks are a ground and pound defensive team, and the Hawks are offensive juggernaut, especially with Trey Young and John Collins and Hirater shooting on the wings. But at the end of the day, man, the Hawks will be too much. The Hawks will be too much. That's all I'm going to say. All right, so what we got next? So, okay. I'm going to do this before I get to the Caps and the Nationals. The Giants schedule prediction. See, I did all the other teams in the NFC East. I predicted their schedule. But I was like, I was thinking, you know, why not do the Giants? Let's see where they end up in the division. Let's see if I can still keep my prediction of Eagles and Cowboys battling it out in the last game of the season for the division crown. So here we go. So so here we go. Here we go. Got to turn this on. Got to turn this on real quick. Got to turn this on real quick. So here is the Giants' schedule prediction. See, I'm going to start off. Here we go. Denver, dub. At Washington, that's a loss. Versus the Falcons, that is a loss. Versus New Orleans, that's a loss. At Dallas, that's a loss. Uh, versus the Rams, this is where they're going to start turning it around. Um, I got them winning that. At home, yeah, I got them winning that. Uh, let's see. No, actually, I got them I got them beating the Falcons. So, okay. No, 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 no. Never mind. That's a loss. That's a loss. <laughs> That's a loss. So, they are 1 and 4. They beat the Rams. They're 2 and 4. They can they're going to beat Carolina. They're 3 and 4. And um they beat Carolina 3 and 4. Kansas City lost. Bull. Las Vegas loss four and five. Tampa Bay, that's a win. I said that before. Versus Philly, they're gonna be all hyped up for that game, and they're gonna lose. So <laughs> that's a that's gonna be a letdown. So that's five and six at Miami loss. Boy. At the Chargers loss. You gotta be kidding me. Versus Dallas, season on the line five and eight. Now I got them. Yeah, five and eight. Now versus Dallas, they'll win that one. Six and eight, season on the line. At Philly, mm, no, they lost. <laughs> yeah. No, they lost. They lost. So there you go, six and nine. Looks like they're out. So they'll they'll win their next two games at Chicago versus Washington. So that'll put them at eight and nine. They'll end the Washington sitcom season and they'll end up tied at eight and nine. So based off my predictions the last two weeks, I got Eagles ten and seven. I got Cowboys nine and eight. Giants eight and nine. 
Washington sitcom 8 and 9. So, there you go. Or did I give Washington that last one? No, no, I didn't. No, 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 no. I'm officially giving them the L. So, they might be 7 and 10. I got to go back over the tape. It don't matter. I got Giants 8 and 9. All right. So, enough of that, buddy. So, enough of that. Let's get to uh, the cap. I'm here to tell you right now that the caps are all cap. I warned you about the cap cycle. I mentioned it several times. And eventually, I'm going to make a graphic. Actually, I will make a graphic if they lose. If they lose to the Bruins, if they lose this series, I'm going to make the graphic. Actually, I'm going to make it anyway unless they get out of the second round. I told you what the what the cycle was. They start off strong. They be the best team in the league. Then they slump. Then they pick it back up. Then they slump again. Then they do just enough to get home ice or the top seed in the East. Then they lose in the first round or the second round. And usually in the second round, they lose to Pittsburgh. And they'll probably end up playing Pittsburgh in the second round if they happen to come back from 3-1 against the Bruins. Man, this game four broke my heart. They were down one nothing going into the second period. Then they get a five-minute major. I was like, oh, God. Right after that, the Bruins scored. Like, literally seconds after they scored. Then, I'm not kidding you. Listen, when all this was going on, I picked up I picked up a girl from, think, yeah, Forestville Mall, right? And I'm doing lift. Forestville Mall. I'm getting on Suitland Parkway. We get to that part on Suitland Parkway by Suitland Metro Station. We get on there. That's when the Bruins score their, their goal. 2-0. I'm not kidding you. By the time I got to Naylor Road, the Naylor Road exit of Suitland Parkway, which is only three or four minutes from the Silver Hill Road exit on Suitland Parkway. This is for my D.C. folks. It was 3-0. I, was, I had tears in my eyes. I shut the, I shut the game off. I was like, you got to be kidding me. These guys can't be serious. These guys are all capped. I guess when I turned it off, they scored again, and then they gave up another goal. But the point is, 4-1, like, the Bruins took advantage of their mistakes, and the Capitals didn't take take advantage of theirs. But before then, three overtime games? And, and you know, it sucked because in all three of those games, the Caps were winning in the third period, but they gave up a late goal to send it to overtime. All three games, they could have been up 3-0. Instead, they're down 3-1, coming back to Capital One Arena tomorrow. It's over, bro. It's over. The cycle continues. The cycle is coming down, is, is coming through its last turn. And then we're going to start the cycle again in October or November. Here we go again. It's disappointing. I can't believe I fell for the trap, knowing what was going to happen and what has always happened other than 2017. Basically, the past decade, that's pretty much been the caps. 
basically since 08, that's been the cap. Now, that's cool. They make the playoffs every year, but it ends up being the same fate. It's annoying, but, you know, now that I think about it, it could be worse. We could be the Buffalo Sabres. We could be Columbus right now. I hate to say, I hate to send shots at them, but but seriously, we could be, oh, man, we could be the double, but it's okay. It's okay. They still have a chance because if any sport, if any sport, you can come back from 3-1, it's hockey. I've seen more people, I've seen people come back from 3-0 in hockey and win. Like, if, if any sport, you can come back from 3-1, it's that. I've seen it too many times. I've seen it happen to the Caps. The Rangers did it to the Caps in, what, 2012? So it can happen. And Game 7 is in D.C. And it might be with a full house. Okay, maybe not. Because we got to wait for June 11th. But the way the Caps are playing, we're not going to make it to June 11th. And we're going to have to wait till next season to get full capacity. Yeah, sucks. But at least D.C. United will have full capacity when I go on June 19th. Just saying. But, you know, the Caps are all capped. And they're done. Uh, I hope not, man. I would love to keep watching them, but it's not looking good. It looks like Boston is just the better team in this series and just going to have to take that L and hope maybe they can beat the Penguins. I'm just saying, man, this this sucks. <laughs> this really sucks. Now let's get to the Nationals. The Nationals. The Washington Nationals are last in the NL East. But, see, the great thing about that is is that they're only two games behind the Phillies who are in second place. They're only a half game behind the Marlins who are in second to last. They're only a game behind the Braves. It's the Mets who are on a roll. I mean, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10, but they're 11-4 and four at home, and they were on a big win streak. They're the only team in the NL East with a winning record. So, basically, we're chasing the Mets. You know, I guess all the moves they made in the offseason paid off. You know, I got to give them credit. But it's not out of reach. And the last two years, and, and, and Nationals fans love to bring this up, and I don't blame them. You know, it started off 19-31. and 31. One year, it turned into a World Series. Another year, it was the next year, 19-31. and 31, It was pretty much a death sentence because it was only a 60-game season. This time we're 18 and 23. I predict the way things are going, and I think the last time I checked, they were down one nothing against the Orioles. They beat the Orioles yesterday, thank God, because when they start winning, they start talking, and I don't want to hear nothing from them. They trash. They trash. I will, I will cook the Orioles. They are 17 and 27. Okay, okay, okay. That that's not that much worse than us, but they're 10 games back of the Boston Red Sox. Trash. I don't want to hear nothing. Even if they win today. But seriously, though, I predict that through 50 games, the Washington Nationals will be, I say, 23 and 27. That's way better. That's definitely better than 19 and 31. You got to keep watching them, man. I, I, I hope Brad Hand gets it together. He giving up way too many runs. You know, he cost us a few games down the stretch, especially against the Yankees. You know, hopefully he gets it together because I, I, I'm i going to the Reds and Nationals on Tuesday. So hopefully we can win that one at least. The last 
Nationals game I went to, we won because Max Scherzer was amazing, and we did just enough on offense to win. Hopefully the same thing happens on Tuesday. But the Nationals are not out of it at all, and I love it. I absolutely love it. So now, okay, oh, speaking of the Hawks and Knicks, let me go back to that. So the Hawks and Knicks, that's a win-win scenario for me. Because if the Hawks win, I get to brag about how great Trey Young is. And I can refer back to one of my favorite GOAT level podcast episodes when I said that Trey Young is not Javon Carter's son. Javon Carter is not Trey Young's dad. I can post the link. Oh, Jimmy Butler traveled. They didn't call it. Trey Young, listen, Javon Carter is never Trey Young's dad. And that Trey Young is going to be a Hall of Famer. And he might break John Stockton's assist. If they beat the Knicks, I'm going to be looking good. But if the Knicks win, the people who don't like them, him like R.A. Miller on Twitter, people who don't like him and the Knicks fans, ooh, Middleton clutch, Middleton clutch. You'll see the highlight. You'll probably done seen the highlights a hundred times before I get this episode out. You know I'll be front. But seriously, though, um, the Knicks... If they win, that's fine because the Knicks fans look genuinely happy that they got a winning team again, and Julius Randle is a hell of a player. He is a hell of a player, and he's had a hell of a season, an all-NBA type of season, and I I love it. You know what I'm saying? If they win and and they move on, I hope they don't get annoying like Notre Dame celebrities when they start winning, but... I think the Knicks fans deserve it. I mean, they've been through a lot since Melo left. So, you know, they deserve this winning team. But I'm hoping Ice Trade pull through. Ice Trade a game. We icy. Ice Trade a game. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, man. We cold. Oh, man. Anyway, now it's time for the Sooner Schooner. <laughs> So Bucks win game one because Chris Middleton is clutch, but that's not what this Sooner Schooner is about. I didn't get on the Sooner Schooner to talk about the Bucks, but that's just current events that's happening. Okay, let's start off with this. So I got my plane ticket to OU Texas, just got it right before the show. So I'm going to Dallas now. I got to figure out what I'm where I'm gonna stay and what I'm gonna do in between before the game and even after the game. We have to figure that out. I, I mean, I got time. It's it's only May, uh, but step one is complete. Got the plane ticket, so I'll be there. Now, whether or not I go to the game, that's it's another thing. Tickets are like four hundred ninety one dollars at least, so that's gonna be insane. I'm probably gonna end up in in the game, but we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of money. We're gonna have to come up off them, them bucks. And I'm not talking about from Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, uh, OU is already a 12-point favorite in that game. Already. And I'm like, damn, really? Like, most of these games are close. Like, the last few years, OU Texas, them games are close. Now, mind you, it ain't Sam Ellinger being a nuisance and never going away. But... Is they're gonna have a new freshman quarterback, whoever the heck that's gonna be? You know, the last time we was in this situation, this really reminds me of 2015, when I was when I was damn near depressed because we lost. 
and we had Baker, and we were the number 10 team in the country, and Texas was unranked, and they had they had a freaking, I don't know who the heck they put in quarterback. They had uh, Swoops and I think Hurd at quarterback. They had two guys that had no business playing quarterback, and they beat us. It, it's it's looking like that type of game. I hope not. I hope the talent of OU shows up and shows out and gets these guys out of here because this will be my fourth OU Texas in person, and the Sooners are one and two. But I'll talk more about that in October. Uh, for now, 12-point favorite, and Iowa State's a nine-point favorite against Texas. If that line holds up, I'm betting on Texas because I think that's going to be a close game. The last game came down to a field goal. So that's going to be a close game, even though it's going to be in Ames. Just saying. So the softball team, they're in the regional at home. They punished Morgan State. When I saw that they were going to play Morgan State, I assumed Morgan State was the last team in the tournament, the worst team in the tournament. Usually MEAC teams have uh, astronomically low RPI. I hate the rag on uh, HBCUs, but that's just how it goes. You know, I love the tradition of HBCUs. I love watching their games when I get a chance in any sport. But you knew coming into Norman, they had no chance. And they lost 19 nothing. I didn't even need to watch the highlights. They died. <laughs> and they're probably going to die again again, again today against Texas A&M. So that would be the end of their Norman trip. Hey, I've done that Baltimore to Norman trip. You know, it's not bad. You know, hopefully they got to enjoy Norman a little bit. Now they got to come back to the DMV and get ready for next season. Maybe for finals, if they haven't already taken it. It's a wrap for them. So now OU has to play Wichita State, who they already run ruled at home. Deja vu for Wichita State. The game is going on right now. Let me check on the score. Look at me. Look at me doing live update during a, a podcast recording. Like, I, I can't stop doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Wichita State is game this time. It's it's 1-1 in the third inning. Oh, no. This thing got real. Hey, yo, where's my remote? I will turn to it in a little bit. But this thing got real. They game this time. I figured because they, they're a good team. And they beat Oklahoma State twice. And we struggled with Oklahoma State three times out of four. We did run rule them, too, because everyone's going to get this work. Everyone has gotten this work. So, you know, I guess Wichita State is game this time. But at the end of the day, Oklahoma softball, best team in the country, they're not going to be playing. And they will. See what I mean? See what I mean? They went down in order in the bottom of the third. We're in trouble, but it's okay. Best team in the country, and they're going to give Wichita State this workout. All right. Also, before I hop off the Sooner Schooner, Texas and Oklahoma State are in the same regional. They're in the same part of the bracket. So if Texas and Oklahoma State win their regionals, which I fully expect they will, I mean, Oklahoma State just just spanked Mississippi State. I was hoping – for a little sooner magic from uh, Samantha Ricketts, but her team isn't good enough, and 
all it took was one third inning where Oklahoma State scored like eight runs, and that was a wrap. So I don't expect them to beat Oklahoma State twice. Like, it's it's over. So Oklahoma State, Texas, they had an amazing Big 12 tournament game. Oklahoma State's won all four games, and I wonder how that's going to play out in the Super Regional because Texas had them, but they made one mistake too many, and, and Oklahoma State won in OKC. But this time, you know, Texas coming back to Stillwater, coming to Stillwater. We'll see how that goes. Oklahoma State's a better team. I feel bad for Texas if feeling bad for Texas. What am I doing? But <laughs> that would suck, man. You lose to the same team six times in one season. That would suck. That would. All right, now I'm going to hop off the Sooner Schooner and talk real quick about Kwame Brown. He is going ham. Like, this is like shark week for Kwame Brown. He is just, he bodying everybody. He attacking every, every anybody can get it. He started off, what started this, this shark week, this fire, this blaze, is Gilbert Arenas, Steven Jackson, and Matt Barnes on all the Smoke podcasts joking about Kwame Brown. I knew one day, after looking at all those Stephen A. clips talking about Kwame Brown, I knew one day he was going to respond. I was like, there's no way he's going to let Stephen A. Smith just rag on him and he not say anything. And the time has come. He finally said something. <laughs> he, said he, he said he smacked the back of Stephen A. Smith's head and make his... uh. And make it and make a toupee out of his head. Oh my god, I'd be hilarious. That is hilarious, man. And then today I was looking at his live stream today on YouTube, and he was going in on Stephen A. some more. He was like, "What is your talent? All you do is talk about people. You sucked at basketball." And he went on on. He and he went in on people, and he went on on people who you know go to college and get these worthless degrees like me. So <laughs> he went in on people because. You know, Stephen A. roasted Kwame Brown at a college speech. And he he had a response for that, too. He is destroying everybody. He destroyed. He didn't have to come for Jamel Hill. Like, Jamel Hill is on his side. Jamel Hill just was wanting the entertainment. She was entertained like us. She didn't mean to say anything personal. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you wanted all the violence. That's what people say. Like, you want violence like that's what people say when you're going in and when you say something that's not pc you want violence you you want all the smoke literally you know i like steven jackson's response to it i barely saw matt barnes response but i'm sure he had a nice response he's just and and he went in on michael jordan too (laughs) oh my god man he is on a roll he is on a hot streak, and I wonder how long this is going to last. I think, honestly, he should just stop now before this just gets out of hand. But it's up to him. You know, it's it's his time to shine, and he proved to be a pretty cool dude, a pretty funny dude that doesn't – that's a real – he's the realest. You know, he's, he's real, and um, he's entertaining. We get to see this side of him because we don't – you know, we never knew it. We just know him as a bust, and we just rag on him because of basketball. But he finally fighting back, and we're loving it. Oh, he destroyed the Breakfast Club. I'm sure they don't care because they making a ton of money. He destroyed them, too. I mean, anybody can get it. Want to say something about Kwame? It cook you, too. He just in the country minding his own business, and he just roasting people. 
on Instagram, YouTube. You can get it wherever. Kwame Brown is coming for you. Anyway, all right, one last thing before the hypothetical game of the episode. Aaron Rodgers fatigue. People are still talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation. I'm tired of it. He's going to stay in the Green Bay. I just can't see. I just He hasn't said one word about it. Just a bunch of subliminals and, and stuff and passive, aggressive movements and he hasn't really – I just think he's going to stay. This is his best chance to win a championship. And, you know, he got too many relationships there. And he – that's his home, man. He ain't been there for years. I know he don't like what's going on with the front office and the moves they make. But I think at the end of the day, I think he's going to stay, man. Like, if maybe he'll leave next year when it's easier for Green Bay to cut him. We'll see what happens, but – He's 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 probably staying. Like we can stop talking about it now. We can stop imagining him on other teams. Let's just cut it out and focus on the NBA playoffs. Just saying. All right. So now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. This week's hypothetical game of the episode is between B. Mitch and uh, Marshan from the Bruins. Brian Mitchell and Brad Marshan. Brian Mitchell might be a Hall of Famer football player. He is radio host currently on 106.7 The Fan. B. Mitch and Finley. I listen to it pretty often during the week. I enjoy their show. They be doing some crazy stuff, man. They didn't. The first time I listened to them, they sitting up here eating Popeyes, fish sandwiches. They out here opening day of baseball. They out here making hot dogs and having a potluck. They out here, they they bet every show. B Mitch talking about beating people up and pulling switches on people and 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 the latest shenanigans they just did. They did some stuff where the producers were eating cicadas. I'm like, come on, these guys are wild, bruh, bruh. But the reason why this hypothetical game of the episode is happening, because <laughs> someone asked a question, I think it was Finley, I think it was uh, Finley, uh, he, he said that, um, I think his name Ryan Finley, I think that's his first name. Anyway, he said, you think you can beat up Brad Marshall? He, Mitch, said, I'd beat him with one punch. I was like, damn. I believed it, too. It just seems like B. Mitch can, like, beat up anybody. I truly believe that. However, this is the hypothetical game of the episode. I got to be fair. I ran this through random.org, and the results kind of surprised. So, Brad Marchand is a tough guy from the Boston Bruins that annoys the heck out of Capitals fans, and I'm sure other teams' fans, too. And I found out he's only, like, 5'9". That's crazy. Anyway, like, B. Mitch is about 5'9", 5'10". Okay, maybe a little bit taller. But he's definitely bigger. So, anyway, I put them in an arcade fight, Mortal Kombat Street Fighter type. And these, this is what happened. So, from the, from the start, jabs and misses from both of those guys. Great defense from Marshan B. Mitch. And then it gets going. B. Mitch throws out hot charcoal. Trying to grill 
Marshan. And then he dodges ice balls from Marshan. And then he body slams. And then Marshan fights back with a hockey stick trip. Lifts B. Mitch right off his feet and onto his butt. He gets up. B. Mitch gets up and hits Marshan with a switch from the tree. Then Marshan ends it with a speed gate, with a speed skate move. He speeds past him like five times, makes B. Mitch dizzy, and B. Mitch falls out. And that's the end of round. He, he falls out and he's frozen because Marshan speed skates with ice. So, boom. B. Mitch is frozen, but then he breaks out of it for round two. Round two, here we go. B. Mitch hits Marshan with power punches. Chab, uppercut, hook. He is his connect, but Marshan gets away, speed skates, and tries to t- and tries to check B. Mitch. He misses, but Marshan manages to grab B. Mitch, spins him around, causes damage, makes him a little bit dizzy. Marshan ices B. Mitch's hot charcoal attempt, and then B. Mitch. It looks like this looks like he's gonna steal the round. B. Mitch. Gives him a super uppercut that lifts Marshan hundreds of feet up in the air. He comes down and it looks like he's out. But somehow, someway, Marshan gets up. And B. Mitch goes to finish him off with the switch again. And Marshan blocks the attempt with his hockey stick. Trips him. And then he blows ice and finally connects with his hockey check to end the to end the fight, and there it is. Marshan wins 2-0, unfortunately. Random.org played me. You know, I had to be fair, but it looks like Marshan wins the hypothetical game of the episode. I can't believe, I hate when rivals win, win it, but it is what it is. It's still fun no matter what. So, you already know that I'm out. Peace. But you know that I had I gotta do it. You know that Brad Marshan came in late in the midnight hour. Stole the battle from B Mitch. Wow, it's all good because for real, I'm out. Peace. No psych allies. I'm I'm serious. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.